2: Welcome to the Box Set Pod, and uh, it's been a while, we're back, no one's sent us a new theme tune, in fact no one's emailed us anything at all, so if you do want to email us, I say it every time, but we really will read your email, studio at theboxsetpod.com if you want to talk about anything that we discussed today, and um, we've got lots on the... the, uh, the old uh, list today, we've got Fleabag 2, Russian Doll, Walking Dead, Afterlife, Killing, Love, Death and Robots. Uh, we will get through those seamlessly. First of all, let me introduce to you regular um, uh, people. I mean, they're almost like uh, the you know regular homeless guys who sit outside your building and they join me in their poor quality. But no doubt interested in getting some n- nutritious soup from the kitchen of TV. Jamie Atherton and Matthew Wandless.
1: Oh, Oh. it's quite a picture you
2: paint there. Quite a picture, quite a picture. Now, most of the things tonight that we're going to discuss I haven't actually watched. I am watching um, This Is Us on Amazon at the moment and enjoying it massively. Have you two watched This Is Us? No, what is that? I don't know what that is. Oh, my goodness. Jamie, have you not watched This Is Us?
0: It looks like soppy as hell.
2: Oh, goodness me. Well, the, the name would certainly make you think that, wouldn't it? But um,
0: Definitely. I saw a trailer because it was on Channel 4, wasn't it, for a while? And, was it? Uh, it, it? I just looked a bit schmaltzy.
2: Well, it feels like I'm going up against a, a man who does not accept, uh, you know, the Remain argument and you're a Brexiter. But I'll say this, I, I'm, I'm quite surprised that both of you haven't watched How it. the
0: hell can you relate not watching This Is Us with Brexit? Well, That's, that's but impressive. You just
2: said, it sounds like he's just trying to discredit you. Um, but, um, well, I'm just saying that your opinion sounds quite formed. I'm not sure what I can say to change your mind. An immovable well, stone. I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. Uh, well, the, perhaps the best way of putting it is that I fully expected both of you to have to, to have have. have to have watched it all and for me to be last to the party on this one, I thought that because it is a phenomenally good TV series. It's beautifully written. It's brilliantly acted. Um, and it's, uh, it doesn't annoy me in any way whatsoever. It's, uh, it's, just, it's just excellent. Excellent. It's a sto- story about a family both past and present and how all that ties together. Um, and it okay, is just yeah, my, brilliant. I've
0: mean, looked at the creator of it, Dan Fogelman, and uh, he's worked on one of my mm. favourite romantic comedies, Crazy Stupid
1: Love. So mm. I, might I know the name Dan sure. Fogelman. I on, feel like
2: I now. feel like nothing that I said moved Jamie one <coughs> tiny bit, but when he Googled the show, he saw that someone <laughs> yeah. else was on it and took that as the endorsement to get behind it. I yeah, mean I a I lot of the time it does
0: come down to so, yeah. <clears> it you comes can definitely down
2: to tell some, some stuff people from mm-hmm. yeah um, and one of the stars in it is uh, if you've have watched gilmore girls long enough to see uh jess the boyfriend jess uh his name is vilo me Mi- uh vilo M- I, I can't remember but he's excellent Vigo
1: Mortensen. that's him i think no i don't think it is no it's milo ventimiglia that's I him
2: milo ventimiglia uh, <clears uh, <clears <throat> And he's just brilliant. He is superb. He plays um, a man in the past, and his wife is played by Mandy Moore, who is an excellent actress as well. And together, they're absolutely brilliant. The current day is their children, is their three children, uh, one of which was adopted, the other two formed uh, two out of three triplets. And I won't say any more than that. But it's
0: no, you know what? You know what I'm actually going to watch this. Oh, this I just is, love uh,
2: it. It's uh, it's the first thing since I, my medication kicked in in October, apart from Wreck It Ralph, that has made me cry. It's it's just so lovely. It's it's brilliant. Really, really. What
0: good. are you watching it on, Howell? Uh,
2: my television in my living room. It's
0: okay. Could you be more specific on what particular that's, uh, network? It's on Amazon.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I did say ah, that. Right, okay. Amazon because Prime. It
0: sounds- yeah, it sounds like you were trying to make an excuse because you were watching it illegally,
2: How Howell. No, was, no, so I was you, just you, making a down. point that you didn't hear me before when I said it's on Amazon, but... uh okay. You know, just further proving Boy, the point that you don't listen to a word that I say, uh, Matthew. Uh, I urge you to watch. Very as well. testy
1: these two this evening. I feel like I'm going to have to mediate at some point, can like well, step in between. Before well, it gets fisticuffs. Hold would. me back, Matthew. <laughs> I, you know what? I wouldn't. I don't think.
2: Uh, <laughs> Matt, give it a go, Matt. You, you're going to really enjoy it, I think, because it's just there's just some excellent performances in it. I think. I
1: wait and see what Jamie says
2: about it. Yeah, wait and see what Jamie says. There's your challenge for next time, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Um, let's talk Russian Doll Russian Doll I started Russian Doll I got about halfway through the first episode I don't I'm not a big fan of her in um, uh, in Thingamid Bob what's it
0: in Orange Orange is the New Black yeah Uh, Natasha Lynn
2: yes and I sort of ditched it I thought hey this looks like something that is going to take a lot of my effort I'm deciding not to make that effort did I make the wrong decision Matthew
1: Yes, you definitely did. Ooh. Yeah, one, one of the great things about this show actually is it's uh, like eight half-hour episodes, so it's a uh, it's a breeze through. Right. In in uh, modern TV terms, mm. um, what what turned you off? It was it just her?
2: Yeah, I mean, we literally watched maybe fifteen minutes, and it was, perhaps it was ju- it was just one of those nights where you go, not in the mood for this level of effort. Let's put Brooklyn Nine Nine on or something, you know. It was just so one of So did you even
1: get to the point where you discovered the premise of the show?
2: No, I don't think I did.
1: No. Okay. So the premise of the show is that this woman is um, uh, reliving the night of her 36th birthday. It's, it starts off in this bathroom uh, a party mm. for her. Mm. And then she hooks up with a guy. And on her way home, she spots her cat who's been missing and steps into the street, gets hit by a car and dies. Oh. And wakes up back in the same bathroom at the same point the show started. Oh, um, Quantum Leap and, style. Well, Groundhog Day more Groundhog appropriately, Day. Probably. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but uh, from there, it sort of goes off in different directions. And uh, I'm not going to say anything much actually. And that's I don't know. No, I'm not, not going to say anything. No. But um, in the end, it's. Have you seen it all, Jamie? Yep. Um, I think it's in the end. It's kind of uh, it's not dissimilar to Groundhog Day in the kind of yeah. message that it's promoting. Um, yeah, but it's yeah sort of, that's true it gets there in a much different way, and uh, there there are parts in it where it's kind of almost it's kind of quite unsettling. Okay, um, certainly towards the latter stages of it, and it's uh, it's sort of about the psychological makeup of the people involved and. Um, like the title, um, you kind of meet the Russian doll in in the end of it all. It's quite a cl- it's it's a clever title, I think. Okay. Um, and uh, I mean, it's kind of a hard show to describe. so I'm, I'm not doing a particularly good job. No, no, it's, no. It's, no, it's, no a, it's a psychological uh, and philosophical journey. Mm.
2: Well, I've just uh, googled and it. Ultimately, and, and it's very interesting. I've just googled it, and the executive producer of it produced something that I liked, so I might watch that. Well, Amy Who's Poehler the was one I'm yeah. joking, I'm thing, joking, yeah. I'm doing a Jamie, you see. Um, no, Amy Poel is an executive producer. Right? Oh, well, there you so, go. Yeah. Um, uh, no, so, I thought what, that was well put. Jamie, <laughs> Just, what did so,
0: you think of it? Go on. I think I totally agree with Matt. I think it's one of those shows that it gets better and better. And I, I know what you mean about Natasha Leon, that she's... She's quite a wisecracking, slightly embittered uh, character, and she plays that role in a lot of the things she does. In fact, she's played it as far back as when she's in American Pie. She plays a very yeah. kind of. Oh, I don't
2: remember. But
0: um, yeah, she's in that. But um, she gets better and better, and the more you know her character, and, and and certainly, like I think by the last two or three episodes, it's brilliant. It's okay. like actually brilliant. And I think the way they tie it all together, the way the plot all comes together, is really, really good, and it's really compelling viewing because, you know, she meets this other character. I, was, I can't say too much more, obviously, like Matt said, but it's just a, it's really moving, and you really see why she's become this sort of cynic about the world that she has, a bit of a loner, and you really kind of see her journey, how she got there, and how she kind of comes to more positive conclusions but it does this in a really funny and gripping and really clever way like Matthew said so it's genuinely one of those shows that just gets better and better
2: does it suffer from Netflix sag no just picking up on you you know the last couple of episodes um,
1: show actually It's it's one where you can actually say this could have been longer
2: Oh wow! If they yeah. if
1: they wanted to make it so, they could have made it longer. It's very very tight. Four hours.
2: Brief side note: Have either of you watched the documentary series on there that's called Murder Mountain?
0: No. Yes,
2: I have. Uh, that is one of the finest examples of Netflix sag, if you ask me. Yeah, oh. no, I absolutely
0: agree. There's, oh. there's like six episodes. Yeah. It's essentially just about the fact that the, the they this mountain is full of uh, hardcore druggies yeah. And yeah, he somehow managed to drag that out. It does drag it out ridiculously long. Yeah. yeah.
2: Anyway, it um, so brilliant. okay, Russian dot right. You've made a good case. I will take that to my wife, who was instrumental in turning it off. So, um, and I've suggested a couple of times. Oh, maybe we should watch that. And she's kind of gone. Nah, can't be bothered. So I will, yeah, you've got uh, to
1: give it a good two or three episodes. I'd say. It, it, yeah, it clicks along so nicely. Yes. And it's very very well acted actually. There's no no weak links in the in the cast. I mean the the and, uh the, some really uh, kind of the, the, it's pleasurable in the sense that I have seen none of the people in it apart from Natasha Lynn before. Yeah. And um there are some really good actors in there. I, I really enjoyed them.
2: I would say that I watch a lot of TV. I'd say all three of us could be classed as professional TV watchers. Um, and we used to make the argument, you know, we used to say the reason this podcast exists is because people are always saying, oh, I don't know what to watch next. Everyone's suggesting so many things. And it's almost, it's never been truer now. People people keep mentioning things that you haven't even see, seen pop up on your recommends. Or um, Netflix is like this deep library of, of homemade yeah. stuff now. So uh, maybe that's a good point just to switch to Matt mentioned... Um, Love, Death and Robots. I've never heard of it and apparently it's on Netflix where I spend most of my time. What's this about? I mean, this
1: this was a weird one. This was, uh, I think it was after I finished Russian Doll, in fact. I was just flicking around for what to watch next. Mm. And it was on the kind of, there's a little section in the middle where it's uh, Netflix developed stuff only. Mm. Mm. And um, I'd never heard of it. I'd never seen anything of it and it was the first on this list and um, it, it... you know what, it, it reminds me of... Um, did you ever see the kind of bonus edition content that came out with The Matrix, which was called The Animatrix? No. no. They, they they released a, a, a kind of... It, it, it was like um, it an a DVD of it? short films. Right. Um, uh, and I think all of them are animated. And they were all set around the Matrix universe and they kind of... Um, they had people who were in some way related to the main story told in the trilogy and then people who weren't at all like you, you remember that in, in the matrix there was a kid called newt um or something no no that's aliens um yeah. no there was a kid in the second film who idolized neo uh, and who caught, sort of hung around him and took his bags and things like that no no okay well i mean there was there was like a a little short film, like ten-minute film.
2: Well, I remember. Backstory. I've only ever watched it once. The first Matrix is all I've watched, and I and I remember all the buzz around it in terms of everyone saying it's you know, no one will know what's happening in this. And I remember watching it and thinking I have no idea what's happening in this, and uh, therefore not being all that keen on it. And that was the, my last interaction with the Matrix. But people talk about it a lot. They well, you made a mistake
1: a there, um, yeah. and I won't delve too far into the the size of the mistake you've made there but you've missed out on some fun (laughs) um anyway i'm not talking about the animatrix so but this is what it reminds what love death and robots reminds me of it's like um it there's basically a collection of short films uh like the first one i watched is called sully's edge and it's 10 minutes long and it's kind of very um japanese animation style uh, actually I'm not I'm the kind of expert in animation but that's what it me- reminded me of at any rate and it's sort of set in a futuristic world which reminded me of Alisa um, Battle Angel mm. where people sort of use these they have these mind links to these kind of monsters to fight each other and it's a story about um, one of the fighters in that and then there's a, there's a couple of other different ones uh, there was one about these three robots support, uh, exploring <clears throat> Uh, a post-apocalyptic world in which humans have died out and they're kind of trying to find their way through their culture. It's really interesting. There's some some interesting writers and directors who've contributed to it. I mean, I can't say that I thought it was brilliant, but it was uh, was certainly worth a watch and it was, as I say, very short and so quite easy to just kind of digest like popcorn chicken.
2: Okay. I was really hoping you were going to say that it really was, after that lengthy explanation, something that you were going to recommend. You, you, you're not going to nail your colours to that mask, are you not?
1: No, sorry, I can't really do that. I've only seen a couple of them and I, I, I was falling asleep a little bit. But um, <laughs> not, not because.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. Why don't no, we all no, spend no, no, no. 10 minutes no. talking? Yeah, <laughs> Jamie, what are you bored
1: by at the moment? No 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 wait. I wasn't falling asleep because I was bored. <laughs> okay. I was falling asleep oh, right. because it was like you I, were tired. I just binged through the last four episodes of Russian Doll. Right. And it was late. Yeah. Okay,
2: okay. Good. All right, well I'll check that out as well. Uh there're
0: definitely a lot of shows that I've ro- watched recently like maybe like that Matthew that are um shows that I've watched finished but wouldn't recommend. Mm. Uh, not particularly recommend I've I watched Dear John I don't know if you've caught Dear John there was a lot of uh, Dear John uh, was an excellent
2: buzz. podcast and if you haven't listened to that podcast Do you mean Dirty John? Dirty John
0: Sorry Dirty John I always call it Dear John but yeah it is based on a podcast and they made it into a uh, series I believe they're making the second series as well but hmm. Eric Banner stars as a con man slash But you haven't really heard the podcast
2: dude. You are? You've not heard the podcast no, I've not listened. To oh, the it's a, it's absolutely brilliant! And as soon as I saw, Dirty well, John... On, it I was thought, a, was it a podcast like um, like
1: we do a podcast, or was it a podcast drama?
2: I know it was well, like we do in inverted commas, you know. A, yes, exactly like we do a well researched. Like <laughs> no, uh, more like a serial sort of thing, you know. A well, a good journalistic um, storytelling podcast over a number of episodes telling the story of oh, how okay. this con man uh, infiltrated somebody's life. And it, it it's really... It's got Connie
1: really Breton really in it, hasn't it? Which is... uh plus yeah, a plus point.
2: I mean, Sarah listened to Dirty John, and then she started watching it while we were doing a podcast one night. And she did say, like, it, a classic, you know, when you've read the book, it's just there's no point watching it if you've heard the podcast because the podcast is awesome. That is just a sort of dramatisation of it and it can never be as good. So I would urge you to listen to the podcast instead if you've not watched it. Mm. Um,
1: well, I do like a podcast. So. It's really excellent.
2: It's excellent. Um, yeah, Dirty John's a good example of that. I can see already how that would be a little bit throwaway. I'll tell you what I am watching at the moment and it's on series 157 is Homeland and i love it it is which, which series are you watching um the latest one
1: this is the one yeah. where um mr man is on the run from the government uh, no and ends up in a ranch
2: oh yes yes um
1: yeah that yeah, one that the one that was on last year
2: was it well it's just landed on netflix so for me it's the okay. <laughs> it's the new series um, and I just think it's great. I think Homeland like has had a couple of series that are a bit below par, but it's back doing what it does best now. And yeah, uh, I just oh, think Homeland
1: is a weird one in that I think actually its early series are its weakest. Oh right. But I think series one and two were. I was fully ready to give it up. Hannah liked it much more than I did. Right. Um, series three, uh, basically, once they killed off. Um, yes. Damien Lewis, I thought it really took off, and they started really exploring the the world of uh, intelligence operatives properly, That's rather it. than having Germany, it all tied uh, down to this one plot about a rogue soldier who, whether he was or wasn't uh, a bad guy.
2: Uh, yeah, I agree. It, yeah, yeah. The Germany yeah, became really theory. interesting. Germany series was particularly good. The The Germany
1: one. I thought the one before last, where where they had the whole kind of Cambridge Analytica setup.
2: Yeah, um, that was good going on. It
1: was really interesting. Very very contemporary.
2: I never liked the um, the the performance of the extreme right talk show host guy. Um, I always thought that that was a bit uh, ott, and it it just his performance is just I think comes from another universe somehow. Don't like it. And I don't like the accent that he's doing. And I, yeah, anyway. But despite that, I, I think he's got all the. At its best, it gives you, act like you say, it gives you actual insight into how the intelligence community works. You know that they're getting information from stuff. You're learning about stuff, about how the Russians would infiltrate the social media system. But meanwhile, they've got that overall plot of when are Carrie and Saul going to work together again? How are they going to get the gang back together? And what trick are they going to pull on this next person in order to get the truth out of them? And, you know, it, it's just really good. So I've been enjoying that. Let's move on, though. Fleabag two. Speaking of uh, sequels, oh,
0: so I I don't know. I haven't if watched it. Anybody? You haven't started it. Nope. Season two, episode one is a tour de force. It's it awesome. really is. Brilliant it's a writing. The writing, the performances, the structure of the episode—it's just such a brilliant. Like it's incredible. It's just, just like she's such a. In ta- talented writer mm. and yeah. there's a, the, it's amazing it's a really great episode
2: I never uh, realised that she was off. the writer you know and of Killing Eve I didn't, I didn't realise she was the star and writer
1: yeah yeah she was mm. all over the place, she's in Star Wars as well Wow! Um,
2: but yeah but, I mean the first series uh, blew me away so the second one better than the first even Is she building a pond
1: it's definitely better
2: than the first yeah. oh, nice. big, yeah. the
1: game has been upped in a, in a I couldn't really tell you what the difference is, but mm. I, I came to the mm. first series pretty late, so I only finished watching it like maybe a month or two ago. Right. And mm. Hannah and I really enjoyed it, so we both tuned in for the first episode of this one. The first night it was on, and we were like, wow, that was good. Mm. And yeah. T- two and three as well. It's it's just going bam, 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 and just knocking it out of the park. It's fantastic.
2: Brilliant. Right. Okay. Well, I'll get on that as well. What else we got? Um, oh, speaking of comedies that are at the top of the game, I'll be interested to know if you agree with me on this. I am absolutely weeing myself, laughing, rolling around in absolute joy at the latest series of Alan Partridge.
1: No, you see, interestingly enough, I. Uh, no, you know what? You're not. That I, I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna slag it off because. Uh, it's. It's still brilliant. Yeah. But I. I don't like the new format.
2: Okay, uh, maybe. Well, I don't have that problem because my wife works in TV, and particularly with the, you know, the pieces to the the, the small. Um, uh, the, the the like 3 minute videos that he does that he's edited together and stuff he adopts so Rather brilliant many uh, like they're satirizing local news almost as as well in terms of the shooting as well as the day to day did if not
1: they do it they do it very them. well but mm. you know what annoys me is oh. that they it, it's pre-recorded stuff and this this is the same stupid yes, silly gripe I have with yeah. um Parks and Rec using the documentary format
2: yeah it's
1: like in that first episode of the, the series where um, he's walking along and they leave in the moment where someone sh- shouts, Partridge, you toss her, or something like yeah, that.
2: Yeah,
1: It's like that would, that would get edited out. Yes. That's just, you, you've done that for a gag. <laughs> yeah, just remembered that, that bit. And that wouldn't happen. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah it's funny, but it's, like it, it just, it, it's taking advantage of the form. Yeah. And I, I think the show, I think it's better than that. So.
2: But I, I have a theory about that, though, or at least I've got an excuse that gets me through that, which is that the production crew don't like Alan Partridge. Almost everyone doesn't like working with Alan Partridge in every series. And so my excuse <coughs> for that is that they leave in stuff that makes him look like an idiot on purpose. The editors, you know. But that's uh, that's maybe mm, a, a, quite a forgiving. Admission there, um,
1: but I, I certainly think though if you look at that versus Fleabag, I think Fleabag is uh, a, 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 a class apart in at the moment. I, I would say
2: maybe. I'd, I I'd, think I'd, I, go I, on, I, Jamie. I
1: think. Sorry, Al, you go.
2: No, go.
0: I think. Yeah, I, I understand what you mean about the format a little bit, Matt, because I love it. I absolutely love like the, the my favorite bits are the 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 little bits pieces that Partridge does the three minute little films he does but sometimes the bits in within the studio are more uncomfortable than funny and uh, because of the format they're trying to take the piss out of this format it's just a very uncomfortable way of this live uh, yeah. forced uh, enjoyment kind of format is it it just sometimes I'd, i i'm not laughing as much as just cringing yeah. and that that and i bloody love partridge so it's like it's just something that doesn't quite work and i think it is because they're trying to just take the piss out of this one show style uh thing and and then like you said with fleabag episode series two episode one is incredibly uncomfortable but it's funny as well like it's really funny so it's like it punctuates all these uncomfortable moments brilliantly and i don't think that all the—I don't think the entire episode of a partridge episode so far has been all the way through funny. He's had really funny bits in it, like where he's showing how he shout how he uses a toilet, and without using his hands. There's <laughs> words like that. there, brilliant. And, but and I mean that, to say just nothing
1: just, else. Like it, just the 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 kind of—he's just such a good performer. That oh. moment that moment where you're talking about with, with the toilet, is just
2: like... Yeah, the display the choreography of skill uh, there. Yeah.
1: It's wonderful, wonderful. Well,
2: yeah. well, that's why I love it so much, because it, I, I think it's a different thing from Fleabag in that it's taking on a satirical approach. It's not just a personal approach. So Fleabag is yeah. awesome. Fleabag's awesome, she's awesome. Yes, 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 I agree. But that is almost more of a... Um, uh, curb your enthusiasm without it having that style. It's more of a personal story where you you're a kind of stand up comic describing all the terrible thing that's happened. I think that what I know what you're
1: saying, Hal. But then if you think of um, uh, which one was it? It was uh, I'm Alan Partridge, the where he was living in the hotel. Yeah, that was a bit more like what we're talking about what yeah. you're talking about with Fleabag and I thought that was the best one
2: I, uh, I, I oh no that yeah that's absolutely fine absolutely superb well yeah but what I'm saying is that that wasn't trying to be satirical what Coogan's doing with this and what the writers are doing with this are talking about they're taking on issues they're saying how would a character like Alan Partridge potentially save the day in the gotcha culture in the post Savile culture in the, you know in, in the social media thing there's um there's politics at play within it which allows him ironically to start to win because we've seen Partridge fail for, for years and in that second episode when it goes from I mean it's just the poetry of the episode right at the beginning when he says oh there's a shuttlecock up there um, and then he has the whole failure where the guy comes in who's trying to take his job um, and they pin, them, pin their colours to this guy's mast who's died and then it turns out that he's a uh, uh, sexual predator and it's that it's Partridge sticking to his um, t- sticking to his values even if his values are mostly get mostly the things that get him in trouble in this new landscape by him not having to appear like he's on the right team and everything he starts to win and, it, and, the, and the episode ends with him having actually won he's going to get the job and the shuttlecock falls from the ceiling it's like there's I think that him and the two the Gib, is the Gib brothers isn't it who write it with him. Um I, ju- uh, it- I think their name's Gib. Uh, anyway, they're brothers who write. I don't it. Know. I, I just <coughs> think I think they take what well, I suppose what I'm saying is they're taking on a really complicated beast which makes it more of a difficult thing to swallow than than Fleabag I think it's Oh a yeah, it's thing. really
0: tough. It is really it's really tough what they're doing and they're doing a bloody great job and there are an am- there are amazing moments. What was it this week?
2: There was Gibbons. Sarah and I were like just dying, laughing, rewinding it. Oh, oh, never mind. I can't remember. But anyway, love Coogan, love what they're doing. And I love the fact that he, you know, let's remember that he is doing this on the BBC where, you know, just get into the stage in your career where you can call the shots on that and make something that's so uh, self. Uh, deprecating but also risky. I'm sure there's people who've watched it, like the first time he did this, who've written complaints about Alan Partridge, <laughs> I was thinking that this is a real thing. You know, it's um, it's got it. in, in oh, you'd be surprised. I've read some uh, complaints, I'll tell you some off air. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, love it, love it, love it. And Brooklyn Nine Nine, the latest series, is on um, uh, Netflix now as well. Have you two watched that yet? <laughs> Good God, no. I stopped watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine ages ago. Uh, right, well, Brooklyn Nine-Nine has followed the Parks and Rec um, S-curve, which is that it's now the f- funnier than it's ever <clears throat> been. It got taken off a network, another network brought it back. The people who are writing it, the people who are performing it, top of the game, has me crying laughing almost every episode. It's brilliant. Mm brilliant
1: okay i mean i'd give it another shot because i really love the first two series but give I it another shot on the were really poor
2: give it another shot on the on the parks and rec theory right and maybe just go to this last series go straight to the last series it's brilliant
1: which is what what, what, what is it currently? whatever the
2: latest one is <laughs> i don't know yeah I okay. no, it's fine yeah it's fine. latest one on netflix um well, did you have something to say there jamie
0: was it, was it Brooklyn Nine-Nine cancelled and then it was rebooted? Yes. Is that because is that of public demand? Yeah. Is that, am I right? It was one of those and the,
2: and the other network that brought it up, you know, I was obviously giving them a spring in their step and a bit of freedom and stuff, and it's, it really is great. It's great
0: yeah, um, I will give that. I've, I'm about six episodes into season one, so I'm, oh. going, I'm very slowly moving oh. through it. Well, okay.
1: season one is a treat. You've got loads of fun there.
0: Yeah, it's been good so far. I, I'd like to end if we can on afterlife.
2: Well, yes, oh, we're uh, ending. Uh, what about the ki- oh, well, we what about killing and there. Walking Dead? Are we going to leave them? I, I haven't
0: Walking wa- Dead because we should do something on Walking Dead as well. I haven't we? watched the latest episode
2: um, of Walking Dead. Are you enjoying it? Yes or no? Yeah, Matthew, I am. Yeah,
1: yeah, I am enjoying it. Any no, interesting mean,
2: burning uh, observations?
1: Go on,
2: sorry. No, I'm saying any interesting burning observations from either of you.
1: I didn't like Alpha. Um, no, well, I mean, she's still in it, but um, she, she's she's very she's very poor.
2: Yeah,
1: and the, the, I was really into this new group, and then they just sort of let me down a little bit, just by being a bit kind of too much.
2: Yeah, um, when they've gone too far sometimes with characters that a bit like the bin dippers, where you go, yeah. could they, could people have turned this far in this direction in such a small space of time? And also, they've given a my same problem with the guy in Homeland who plays the um, extreme right-wing talk show host. They've I, I'm getting really sensitive to them just whacking on a southern states accent to characters, especially when you can tell. I bet you that actress isn't doesn't speak like that. Well, and both of them. Well, that's Samantha draw. Morton, isn't it? Uh, you
0: know,
1: she's
2: quite a famous actress, isn't she? Is, is she? An- had,
1: I, I, I was I was thinking I recognised her, but I couldn't place her in anything.
2: She just had such yeah. a pace that she arrested and dictated the pace, so oh, whatever she said was suddenly at one piece. And there's just something in you that goes, I'm not I don't want to come with you on this particular mm. leap of faith. You know? yeah. Um but yeah, thoroughly enjoying it. Thoroughly enjoying it. Enjoying the Walking Dead. Yeah, I, I, I mean it's I definitely going up things, and
0: down. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There there are there are bad ones in there, but You know, in comparison to the last three years, yeah, it's it's upped its game. I still think
1: you have uh, you have tarnished its memory there. I think there's (laughs) been some really good stuff in the last three years. I I admit there's been some not so good stuff as well, but I think there was some really great episodes and parts in
2: there. I, I think that it's it's turned from a masculine led thing to a feminine led thing, which it has. The showrunner's gone from being a man to a woman, and you had this. In those last series, the things that were wrong with it was that it was too brutal or it was not brutal. It was too um, uh, quick to move on, macho, too controlling. With this one, the stuff when it feels difficult is when we've gone a little bit too much. It has to care about somebody a little bit too much. But it's generally more complex, more creative, more interesting like women are.
1: I think you're wanting to find a pattern there where there isn't that. I think it was just there were there were some poor narrative choices in, uh, in like the women. previous couple of series, Matt which has nothing like to women, do with not, the uh,
2: the gender of the show. It's right? Not going to be yeah, Matt like women, Jamie. Uh, so let's talk about afterlife then. I just want to talk about because I, I mean uh, it's
0: just it's pretty new on isn't it, and I, I just watched an episode uh, the other night, and I just wanted to see what you guys think because mm-hmm. it's Ricky Gervais who. Obviously, you can you can be just put off by the fact that it's Ricky Gervais. If you you know, I I I, I as a per, as a personality, sometimes I don't really like him, and yet I love The Office. I think Extras is is really good. Uh, I do think he's very funny, but I went into this with like, oh, Ricky Gervais, and it's kind of I've been really disappointed by it so far what you know what are your thoughts on on your experiences i, I guess a premise we should set up as well is that he's a man whose wife has just recently died and he's basically now doesn't give a shit about treating people with any kind of respect or being nice and he just and he's on the edge of committing suicide so he just thinks he can get away with doing whatever he wants and say whatever he wants which is I'm, something that Ricky Gervais really enjoys
1: doing
2: yes yeah. <laughs> that's Go on Matt. you go first I,
1: I, yeah i've got I've got to go shortly, so I, i'll I will say i've watched I've watched the first episode.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and I'm going to preface this by saying th- this weekend i was um I, I was uh, skiing uh, in a and I was staying in a very tiny little um apartment, and in it the uh, owners of this Airbnb type place had the office series one, and one evening we watched a few episodes, and I was just reminded of how much I love that yeah. show. And mm-hmm. how perfect yeah. I think it was, and I watched the uh, the documentary they made about the first series with Gervais and Merchant just talking to camera, and it's one of my favourite behind the scenes things you'll ever find on a DVD. I think it's brilliant. Mm. So I went into this, and I was think, and I haven't liked anything Ricky Gervais has done after mm. The Office, apart from I uh, thought that his first stand up offering Animals was all right, um, but I didn't like Extras. Um, I didn't watch anything else that he's done pretty much apart from snippets, and I, I hated them. And I really I didn't like this very much. Um, mm. I think... Uh, I don't think he's a very good actor. Yes. Um,
0: and That's a really... Yeah, yeah. Because and, and what I was thinking when I was watching it... Sorry, Matt. What I was thinking was, if this was someone else... Maybe this was, if this was Martin Freeman playing this role, or yeah. someone else, it might
1: work. But it's him, isn't it? Yeah, it's just him, and he, he, he can't act very well. He can do one thing very well, and he's not doing that in this. He's trying to play straight in some of it. And also, I, I found just in that first episode that like him not giving a shit seems to him mainly um, crapping all over fat people.
2: Tell, telling them
1: they're fat.
2: Yeah, oh, I'm so glad you noticed time. that. I'm
0: so as, glad as
1: if, like that is the first thing that we'd all do if we suddenly didn't have any yeah,
2: um yeah. sense
1: of politeness or anything like that. We'd just be like, Oh, thank God I can finally shit all over fat people.
2: So I went from watching that to watching the latest partridge, and the difference in calibre of comedy, the difference of you know what they're able to take on, it was it's just huge. And I said to, Sarah, you know, my neighbours, people love Ricky Gervais, and my neighbours were going, Have you watched Afterlife yet? Yeah, and I'm going, Oh, I'll have a watch. And watched it, and I was like, that actually, he made five jokes in that first episode. Four of them were fat jokes, and one was a cancer joke, which, considering that his wife has just died of cancer, it was when the guy farted and he went, he must have bowel cancer. And, mm. um, and it's, it, it, you know, I, come, I bring a bit of baggage to this. Because, I mean, I've heard people talk about Ricky Gervais, I've heard stories about Ricky Gervais, I've heard him basically say, uh, You know, I, I play characters that aren't very nice. What do you expect when you meet me, kind of thing. I e, I I take Jamie's point that he tends to want to choose characters that aren't very nice. There may be a reason for that. And also that when he was working with Merchant, there was a lot more heart involved in what he did. Um, And you got something else come through, a different kind of tone that came through. And on this, I just thought, this is uh, one just saying, just calling people fat is not actually that funny. Um, And he just sets himself up as this sort of, flawed hero but actually there's no need to like someone especially if when you're insulting people a lot like his stand up Matt his first one I don't think was that different from his third one the difference was that we've got used to him just going for the um, non taboo for the taboo he just goes for he Mm -hmm. just says things and people are laughing at it people will watch it loads because they really wish that they could say what they wanted that's the wish fulfilment So, And that's enough to carry people through. But I think taking a little bit more of a look at it and you go, well, the wish fulfilment wouldn't be that. The wish fulfilment, if you really didn't care, would be closer to the Groundhog Day-style wish fulfilment. of You'd set fire to something that you hate. It'd be more inventive than that. Have you ever
1: seen The Invention of Lying?
2: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's another very good example where it's like, you, you haven't understood your own premise here yes yes Yes, you're assuming that if if people didn't have the ability to they would just insult each other all the time and they would just point out each other's flaws all over the place Mm. Mm. That's like that's human nature, and I just I, which I, is I not true. Is. And
2: if you look at Liar Liar, the Jim Carrey film. He doesn't just go around insulting people. He just answers honestly if he's asked something. He just, the, the basic human instinct isn't to go around and be vile. But Gervais yeah. thinks so. And likewise, when he plays difficult characters, you know Derek. He's essentially when you see a, when I see the picture of Derek pop up. It makes me cringe, Ricky. No, Gervais, I,
1: I I completely agree with you. I playing can't watch someone that show with disabilities—that like, looks like a fucking car accident. Yeah,
2: and it—he's just playing someone with difficulties or disabilities, and it borderline. And it, and I just think, on every level, it's like, why are you, well, why are you choosing to take this on, and why why do you have to make yourself that sympathetic character when um, you have to go that far to for us to then like you, you know? Mm. And and I don't. I don't like you at the end of it. So, there we go. Listen, sorry. I'm glad we all agree. agree, I've got to go. We're all finished, so well done. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Jamie. And we will be back soon. Uh, Hopefully sooner than this time. Yes, yes. Studio at the box at pod.com. Tell us why we're wrong about Ricky Gervais, please. Au revoir. Goodbye.